In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Hi, psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. For this episode, we have Rory Walkham. She is a certified medium, mediumship mentor, author of 11 Lessons from My Dead Dad, and a passionate proponent of the fact that absolutely anyone can learn to communicate with the spirit world. Through the medium school, she teaches people around the world how to connect with their past loved ones so that they too can experience the healing power of knowing that we all live on after death. Welcome to the show, Rory. Thank you, Nicole. So excited to be here. And anytime I can talk about how we can connect to those on the other side, I'm happy. (laughs) Well, I am excited and interested to hear more about your story and how you even got into this, obviously, with your book, 11 Lessons for My Dead Dad. I'm assuming part of it has to do with your father, but I don't want to speak for you. Please share with us what happened and what brought you here today. Yeah, I, I I love sharing my story, not because I like talking about myself, but because I feel like so many people can relate with it in one way or another. And for me, you know, I can look back now and say I had experiences with spirit as a child, as a teenager, you know, even into my early adulthood. But it never was important. It never was something I paid attention to or, you know, actively tried not to shut down until my dad passed away. And, you know, it was... It was quite sudden when he passed away. I was planning my wedding, hoping he could only be there. My sister was pregnant with her first child, you know, my dad's first grandchild, and he passed away so suddenly. And I finally had a reason to open up to the other side. It didn't mean I necessarily believed that he was still around. It didn't necessarily mean that I believed I could do it, but I had a reason to, to be open to that possibility and one of the first most beautiful messages that came through was actually on my wedding day. And so my wedding day was barely two months after he passed. And it was one of those things where we had it all planned. You know, we were hoping he would be there. So we went, you know, we had to go through with it. You know, I wasn't going to cancel it just because I was in the throes of my grief. 
But our officiant had talked about doing something to memorialize him, doing something to, you know, show that we were honoring him. And I thought, well, there's no way we're going to be able to talk about it. Like, I've got to hold myself together already. We're not talking about him. You know, that is not going to happen. So in the meeting with our officiant, the first thing that came to my mind was, we'll do a butterfly release. You know, I hadn't thought much about it. It was just something that came to mind. We decided we were going to do it. And at the beginning of the wedding ceremony, my now husband held this box. I opened up and I thought it would be this most majestic, you know, butterflies rising out into the air and the most beautiful sign. And it wasn't. (laughs) But what I didn't realize at the time is one butterfly stuck to the side of my dress for the entire ceremony. I went over to sign the wedding papers, you know, sat down with this butterfly on my dress. I don't think I would have done that if I knew it was there. I wouldn't have wanted to hurt it. It was there for the entire wedding ceremony. And at the end of our ceremony, our officiant asked all of our family to stand up, sort of gave, you know, a blessing and asked if they wanted to bless the wedding that they would sit down. And in that moment, that butterfly on the side of my dress that was at my side for my entire wedding flew away. And I can look back now and say, what an incredible sign. Like I have no doubt in my mind that wasn't my dad trying to say, hey, I'm still at your side here, right? Might not be in the way that any of us wanted or planned, but I'm here at your side. But I'll be honest, I couldn't necessarily recognize that at the time. I was so in the throes of my grief that, you know, every single wedding guest that came up that said, that was your dad. I just know it. I was like, no, like, no, you know, I I couldn't, I couldn't recognize it at the time. But that was the first big sign from him to sort of help me to start. I don't even know if believing's the right word, but help me to start being open to the idea that he's still around and can communicate with me. And it took me a while to recognize this and believe it more. I will say after my wedding, I struggled with my mental health a lot. I struggled with my physical health a lot. And there were a lot of days where it just felt like life was so meaningless. You know, I looked at my dad's life thinking he worked so hard his entire life, you know, such a good man. And he seemingly died in pain in front of my eyes, right? And if somebody who was such a beautiful soul in this life could just die like that and be gone, life felt pretty meaningless for me. And it was interesting. I would have days where, you know, I'd drive into work and all I would think about is driving my car into something, right? Whatever to do to just get out of this meaningless life. And it wasn't every day when that happened or when that happened, but bit by bit, I would feel my dad's presence in that car with me. I would smell his cologne. I would feel a subtle touch on my shoulder. And again, it doesn't mean that I fully believed it right away. But it was these little signs bit by bit that after a while, I couldn't deny that my dad was around, right? And it took about a full year for me to have, you know, such a strong interaction with him where I saw him, I felt his energy. I could not hear his words, but I could understand what he was communicating to me. You know, by then, at about a year mark when he had passed, I trusted, I believed it. But it certainly took a lot of time of him having a lot of patience with me, giving me the most beautiful, miraculous signs, giving me the most subtle, you know, uh, tiny signs day after day for me to be able to trust and recognize them. And as I did, it started unfolding. I remembered, you know, hey, I've always 
been connected with spirit. When he passed, I felt his soul cross out of or cross over out of his body. I've had all these different experiences in life that I didn't remember because I shut down out of fear, out of trying to fit in with this world. And I think that's so common with so many of us that we all have this ability to connect with those on the other side. We are spirit in a physical body. So we are connected to the spirits, the souls of everyone else in this life and the afterlife. But it's often that we have a strong connection when we're born and then to fit in in this world, you know, to to exist and not be in fear all the time, we shut all of that down. And I'm just, I'm incredibly grateful that I have a beautiful spirit guide on the other side to help me open up to it and help others too. Yeah, no. And you say something that to me really stands out and that is that we oftentimes will discount the subtle or even those bigger messages that we think, <laughs> or we we think I'm using air quotes here that might be a message and then we just kind of through our logic or we don't necessarily want to believe or we do, but we're still kind of like holding out the hope. So talk us through a little bit more about how, when did you finally come to terms like, okay, I'm not making this up. This is my dad. Cause you mentioned he shared beautiful moments with you and it sounds like it's a buildup, but was there like one moment in particular where you're like, I can't deny that this is my dad and this is what I'm experiencing. It, it definitely was a process. I would say there wasn't just, a, you know, one single moment where it all clicked, right? There was, you know, the sign on my wedding day, that feeling that presence that, you know, even outside of, of driving to work, I would feel him around me more and more, right? But that's so easy to, to make sense of logically, right? That's so mm-hmm. easy to say, this is this coincidence, or I'm making this up, or even this beautiful sign of the butterfly at my side, my entire wedding, that's just coincidence right? It's so easy to do that. And I think when I look back now, I can recognize that it was sort of these little signs after signs. Certainly the big butterfly was a great one, but it was more of these subtle interactions again and again that helped me open up my eyes to say, you're not making this up again and again and again. And, you know, I talked a little bit about that experience I had close to about a year when he passed, but I'll expand on it here because that was sort of my really defining moment where it's like, well, I know I can trust this here. And it was, it was Mother's Day, the first Mother's Day without him. And my husband and I had gone home to my mom's house. She had finished the renovations her and dad were doing before he passed. And so we were hanging up all the different uh, artworks and paintings and knickknacks on her walls, helping her finish that all up. And so that night when we came home, my husband goes to sleep. I get get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And as I'm in the bathroom, I smell my dad's cologne. I smell a little bit of smoke with him too, which is often a sign that I get. And all of a sudden I could just see this smoky white outline of him. It wasn't as if he was standing there full out apparition, just like how he looked in the physical. It was much more of this this etheric, smoky, sort of white light energy in in his contour. And with that, there was just that feeling. Like when I hugged my dad when he was alive, Mm -hmm. it was that exact feeling of I could feel his love so strongly. It wasn't as if I heard him communicating, but I knew he was giving thanks for us being there for mom, for spending the day with her, for doing the things that he wasn't there to do anymore. And it was 
all of these intuitive senses at once. There was the knowing, the claircognizance. There was the sight, the clairvoyance. There was the clairsentience, the clair, you know, the clear feeling. There were so many of those all at once that it was just undeniable. And, you know, all of those little moments up to it certainly helped me to start be open to the idea and believe it more. But it was that night that truly just cemented my faith of like, this is my dad and he's here to help me and support me. And then what made you want to start to, you know, dive into it more? So you mentioned that it was like a buildup, right? And I'm sure you probably started communicating with them at some point and not just having to be like a one way, like, hey, I'm showing you signs, like there's going to then be a back and forth. So what then, uh, what steps did you take to dive into it more, number one? And then two, where and how did you start to do this and, and share it with other people so that they could learn as well to how to communicate with their loved ones? Yeah, I would say after that moment on on Mother's Day, I sort of got the idea of like, okay, I can actually talk back here. Like this isn't just, you know, a one-way thing. And it it certainly didn't mean that I heard his, you know, messages or his voice or his guidance as soon as I would talk to him. But I definitely got that awareness that like I can interact with him, right? This isn't just him sort of showing up time to time, whatever. And so I just started talking to him. And, you know, I would, I would meditate in the morning and sometimes I'd talk to him during meditation and I'd feel his presence more during then. But sometimes I'd just talk to him throughout the day of, you know, I, something's going on with my car, dad, you know, show me, show me what I need to do. Give me some guidance, help me find what I need to do here. Right. Or, you know, um, I know my sister's having a tough day. Show me how I can support her. Right. Whatever it was that I would talk to him about in life. I started talking to him about it to the afterlife. And that was a big turning point. And I think that's so important for people who want to discover this connection for themselves on the other side is start talking to them. You may not feel their guidance right away. You may not even recognize when it shows up in your life. But I often say that the energy we put into a spirit communication is what we get back. And, you know, my dad sort of taught me so I could get it going, but it's certainly the more... I communicate with him, the more he communicates back. And, you know, it was just a bit by bit after that, that big Mother's Day moment of just including him more in my day-to-day life. And then it was as if I felt his presence more and more. And for me, you know, it felt so, it felt so confirming. It felt so affirming of life and why we're here and that this is just one stop on the journey. And for me, you know, I grew up Christian, you know, I was raised in, in church going every Sunday. I always, I often believed in the idea of an afterlife because that's what I was told, but it doesn't mean that I fully trusted in the idea of it. <laughs> yeah. And knowing that it was even more beautiful, it was even more accepting. It was, you know, everyone all together without exception on the other side and that they're not removed from our life here. They're not in some faraway heaven where they don't see what we're doing, where they can't support what we're going through, whether we're, you know, none of that is true. They are right here with us. And it changed my life so, so much to have that support of my dad, who was that guy in my life, who was my go-to, you know, whatever I needed help with, I was going to call him. I could still do that. And I only want other people to experience that because I know how much it's changed my life. 
I know, you know, when I do readings, I see how life changing it can be for others. But my per, my passion throughout this, as I've developed this connection with spirit, has been showing others that they can do it for themselves. Because, you know, I think there's so many mediums out in the world that can give beautiful readings and that can be so healing and comforting for so many. But there's something to me of having that ability to connect with yourself that is within all of us. I always say, if I can do this, anyone can. I am not more gifted than anyone, right? This is within all of us. The conditions align. So I started to develop it and unfold it. But we can truly all do that in one way or another. Doesn't mean that we'll all do mediumship readings for others. But I truly believe from my experience and teaching so many others now to do it for themselves, that we can all connect with those on the other side in one way or another. Yeah, there are some practitioners out there that don't think that we all have psychic abilities or senses and some do. I kind of liken it to, I've used this example so many times on the podcast, but it's kind of like running a marathon. I'm not going to get in my, you know, put on my running shoes and go out the door and be able to run a marathon. But God gave me the ability to do it. It may take me time to train and learn and get better at it. I may run around the block first, maybe walk around the block, right? So there's that. You do have to kind of build it up. But I'm more obviously in the camp that you can. I would love to hear from you about... So your dad first and foremost was showing up and you started to communicate more with him. That ability became stronger, kind of again, using the the running analogy or example. When did you start to, if you did talk with other spirits or communicate with other spirits that maybe weren't necessarily your dad or other people's? Like, how did that look? Yeah, I, this is a really interesting story because I never expected it, right? When I first started connecting with my dad, that was the most amazing thing. And I never, ever thought I would be a medium, right? I don't think it was long after that Mother's Day experience, but I was in a yoga class and, you know, enjoying the yoga class and getting to the meditation at the end. And during that meditation, I kept feeling an energy that felt so similar to how I felt my dad's energy. And that clear sentient, that intuitive sense of feeling was always what I got the most often when, when connecting with my dad, that sense of, I just feel his presence around, right? In this meditation, I felt an energy so similar, but it wasn't my dad. You know, it just didn't have that exact same emotional connection, but I felt his presence the same way. And as I was sitting with it, I wasn't doing a great job of meditating. I was just paying attention to this. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's <laughs> I kept feeling pulled to this lady on my side. And so once the meditation ended, we're rolling up our, our mats. I did what I would never suggest to any developing mediums. I gave her the message right away without asking if she wanted a message, something I'd never do now. But I think, you know, I turned to her and sort of said, like, is your dad passed away? Um, and you know, this was exactly as it was meant to be because she had, had felt her dad's presence before she was open to this. So, you know, she turned to me and said, yeah, my dad's always with me. I feel his presence. And it, you know, I knew it wasn't a message for her in that moment. She knew he was around. It was a message for me to say, you can do this with other spirits as well. Mm -hmm. So that was it. And then what did you go do after that? Did you practice it or did they just start showing up? Because I'm seeing that scene in like Ghost where Whoopi Goldberg, like all of a sudden she just can hear them all the time. And it was like this long, crazy line. So 
I know that's obviously dramatized in movies, but it does sound like someone else was coming in to give you a message specifically, not necessarily her. What did the rest of that look like? Then how did you start to explore that? Yeah, I think that was exactly it, right? It wasn't even a message for her. It was him saying, hey, you can do this, right? And it was interesting. I I sort of liken this moment to the floodgates opening up right, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't mean that everything was so clear, right? But it did mean that I felt spirits around me all the time then, right? And I did what I suggest no developing mediums to do is I stayed open all the time because I was so excited to, to develop this. I was so excited to learn more. And so if a spirit wanted to, you know, show up at 3 a.m. in the morning, that wasn't my dad. I was going to say, hey, what do you want to say? Let's <laughs> Let's pay attention, right? And for me, often that feeling comes first. The sight will come up a lot too. And the knowing are, are usually the strongest for me. So when spirits would show up, it might be all of those. It might just be the feeling too, right? And that's one thing I want to stress as these floodgates open for me, as I was, you know, having more and more connections with spirit, it doesn't mean that it was clear from that moment on, right? It doesn't mean that I was seeing them like a movie, right. that they were full out apparitions. You know, I was hearing everything they want to say and seeing all these memories. But I started opening up to the connection and realized that they're around us all the time, right? Doesn't mean that we're aware of them. But as we start unfolding and developing these abilities, the idea that anyone who's passed on is still around all of us is is pretty amazing. And so, you know, I, I spent a, a, a while being open all the time and bit by bit realized, oh, I can't take care of myself when I do this. I need to develop this in a little bit of a healthier way. Um, so I went through um, training and certification as a medium in Lilydale with my beautiful mentor, Patricia Price, um, and sort of learned how to open up in a way that's more protected, right? To raise my vibration so that I'm connecting with only spirits of the highest and best. So my energy was a closer match to those on the other side of this life um, and to have a stronger connection. So I'm not just opening up to anything. You know, I can open up intentionally and bring through messages that are healing and helpful, not just any spirit connection, right? Yeah. I'd love to hear from you how you, because at some point we do want to get to your book and then like maybe some tips and or tricks people can do when they want to communicate. But I'm feeling led to ask you about like your practice and also how you see them. So like for me, and I've said this before on the podcast, I don't advertise or talk about myself as a medium because I tend to channel more angels and um, higher self and that sort of thing. So that's just where I feel my sweet spot is and where I want to go. And, but when I look at people and I say, look, like, I mean, in my mind's eye visually, I'll see kind of like a rainbow or a you. And I look at like the shoulders. So for me, um, you know, like I'm looking at you right now on your left shoulder, which is my right, I would see archangels or ascended masters. And then it kind of goes around and then loved ones are on the right. And to me, it's interesting in my visual eye, because what I see is archangels and ascended masters look energetically different. Uh, then like loved ones, which tend to be more light orbs type of, and I know that they're spirits or souls. That's also just the way that my guides and angels have been helping me to distinguish when I'm doing a reading. And then it's tapping into the energy and like how they feel. It just feels different. Like you said, like your dad had a certain essence or does have a certain essence and energy and somebody else's loved one may feel differently. So how do you distinguish and go about that? And how does it show up for you specifically? 
Yeah. Well, the first thing Spirit wants me to say here that even though you wouldn't identify yourself as a medium, you are a medium, right? <laughs> yes, I know that very clearly. So thank you. <laughs> and and I think a lot of people think of mediumship is just connecting to past loved ones on the other side. Mm-hmm. And what I've sort of been taught is it's connecting with any energies outside of this physical realm. So our past loved ones, absolutely. Our past pets, absolutely, right? They go to the same place. But our highest self, our angels, our guides, you know, all of those, if we're connecting with those for someone else or ourselves, that's mediumship, right? And it's something we can all... It's channeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's more because I find it more work, quite frankly, to be honest with you, when you're channeling with people who used to live and have egos and have those experiences. I'm like, yeah. So that's kind of why I say that. Um, It just seems to be harder for me. And so it's kind of hit or miss. That's all. That's that's why I don't do it all the all full time. Yeah. And for me, it's interesting. Like I said, that the feeling is usually what I get first. And so when I'm doing a reading for someone else, I sort of do my little intention at the beginning to become aware of the energies with them. And I get a feeling of who they are first. So when I used to just feel my dad's energy, and then I felt, you know, that other lady's dad energy in that yoga class, it almost felt like he was holding my hand, my left hand, right? That was how I sort of recognized this is a fatherly energy that feels just like my dad, right? As I started opening up, my dad was like, well, we sort of need a system so you can sort of feel the difference between female and male. So, um, you know, it made sense for me, even though my I felt my dad's energy on the left side, it made sense for me that female energy was more on the left side and male energy was more on the right side. So I had a conversation with my dad. I said, all right, well, if, if we need a system for this, you know, I know you're coming through on the left side, but I want to feel your energy on the right side with all other male energies. And from that moment on, that was how I felt and sensed them. Now, I've got a whole system so that sort of, you know, the higher up they are, the older generation they were to the sitter, the lower down they are, sort of the younger they are to the sitter. That's why I felt, that's why I wanted to ask you um, how you see it, because we all start to figure out our system for spirit communicating with us and how we can start to distinguish who's what, right? And what type of category, whether it's gender or age or what have you. So that's Absolutely. cool. So you see it. If they're higher up from the person, that means that they've they're they've been older versus closer, or is that when they pass? So how I sort of see it when I first connect is like the heart is the same generation as the sitter. And mm-hmm. sort of above that would be an older generation. You know, when, you know, however they're connected in life doesn't matter how old they were when they passed. Got it. Okay. Right. But if a if it's their grandmother coming through, their energy is going to feel higher in my energy than, you know, someone who was a younger generation Mm, that might mm -hmm. be a little bit lower. Once I sort of connect and I get the feeling in those different areas of who's coming through, I sort of call through each spirit one by one. And sometimes I'll see, you know, exactly what they look like or pieces of what they looked like. It might be a little bit of of their their face, um, you know, a little bit of their hair or even their clothes. But for me, the, the feeling comes first and then I'm open to whatever else comes with my intuitive senses. Sometimes it is, you know, almost a picture of what they look like. Oftentimes it's more of just sort of like as I call them in, it's almost as if I see like a contour of light around them. I might see a little bit of like an aura color representing who they were in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I will say that's one thing that 
I, I almost expected as I connected with spirit more that it should be, you know, perfect detail, just like they're standing here in the physical. And it might not be exactly like that at times, but I can still get so much from all of the intuitive senses that, that gives me a beautiful picture of who that soul is and was in life. Yeah. And it probably makes a difference too on like how you're feeling as far as like if your senses are turned on all at the top versus lower and the other energy or soul themselves too, because, you know, it may be harder for them to connect as well. I did have a question about, because I've gotten this a few times, so obviously Spirit wants me to ask it. I get questions from people where they're like, was my loved one with me? And when I am connecting, sometimes I feel them far away, like far away from the person, which tells me they're, we'll just use heaven as an example. Like they're in the spirit realm, they're in the other side, they're in heaven and they're doing what they do on the other side. And then sometimes there's an overwhelming sense of, oh, or I get the message, I've never left your side. Like I'm here, like beside you all the time. Can you explain in your experience what that looks like and why certain souls can be with their loved ones more often and others aren't. Yeah. I would say this was something that came up as I started talking to my dad in the spirit world more often. I I felt guilty. I was like, well, what if I'm keeping him away from my mom? Or what if I'm keeping him away from my sister? Right. And it took me a while to sort of hear his response and, and trust it. But he was like, well, I'm, I'm not in a physical body anymore. Like I'm not limited to one point or time in space. That's a physical reality. That's not a Mm -hmm. non-physical reality. Right. So, you know, that, that helped me to understand that those in spirit can be everywhere at once, right? And if we're talking to them, if we're asking for their guidance, everyone else they're connected to could be doing that at the same time and we're not taking them away from that, right? Mm-hmm. What I find so often is that those in spirit will say, like, I'm always with you, right? But that doesn't mean we always feel their presence. And oftentimes when we do feel their presence or see their signs more, it's because they're stepping into our energy a little bit more. Doesn't mean they're not around all the time, but it's it's as if they step in more and act more of a spirit guide to say, hey, I'm helping and supporting you in this moment in life, in this day, in this week, in this month, whatever it is. There's There's almost that stepping in as a spirit guide sort of energy. And, you know, that can depend on, do we really need it that day? Are they the right person to step forward for this? Are we open to it, right? There's many different factors of when they're really stepping in for us. Um, and I know that's something with my dad, you know, I can, I know he's around all the time, but that doesn't mean even, you know, today that I feel his presence in every single moment, right? Mm-hmm. He, I can call him in at any moment and I might not be in the place to feel him at any moment, but he certainly can step in at any time. Um, but I, I do think that idea of when they're, they're really present, you know, you're really feeling them. It's because they are stepping forward as a spirit guide and are actively working with you in your life. Yeah. Cause I, and I totally get that and I can see that. And in my mind's eye, but I'm also seeing souls on the other side, like in lessons and learning and doing other things versus like just being by our side. So I do feel like there's a categorization or whatever you want to say of spirits and souls who've made it part of their purpose. So their soul journey and growth to support us and be part of our spirit team, which I would call it versus, and they still pop in on occasion, or like you said, can be there when we call them in versus ones that are like, I'm never leaving by your side because they're adamant about it. Right. 
um, I guess I just wanted to kind of see what your thoughts were on that because I hear that and I feel it. But then at the same time, you know, uh, spirit, like my angels will say, well, they're guiding you and they're here for reassurance and love. But because they still have ego, they're not necessarily your guardian angel, i.e. like because there's a hierarchy to who we have on our team and how they show up. And I don't know what you think or feel or what you've experienced. I'm all for if you want to push back on that. But that's kind of what I what I was getting when when you were talking. Well, and and I guess from my perspective of what what spirit has taught me is that what they experience when they cross over, you know, almost this this life review, these you know, reviewing the lessons, the the healing, it's much more instant than we might mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. here on Earth, right? Because we have time here; they don't have time there. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so this idea of them reviewing their life and learning lessons and having all this healing, from my perspective, I don't think it takes as much time in the other side of life as we might think it does. Right. But I, I, I do almost see it more as is our energy open to being guided at them at the Mm -hmm. moment, right? Is this for our highest best that they're coming through and, and showing up and supporting us in day to day life? Um, I, that's, I, I guess how I would look at it is there is such an infinite intelligence on the other side that they're supporting us in the ways we need it when we need it. Um, and, you know, even if you don't feel your past loved ones around you, doesn't mean that they're not there supporting you. It might not, it might just be that you're not open to all the ways that they're showing up yet, or that it hasn't been time for you to open up to that yet too, right? Yeah. Cause grief can be one of those things where we feel it so intensely it's hard for us to connect in those moments just because it's you know that sadness is i want to say holding us back but it's like anchored within us so much that like you you said even like you were getting these messages and getting these signs and the information and it was reassuring but it took you a while to have it build up and i think part of that was probably just your grieving process right 1000% and i think that's the most common thing when people want to connect with their past loved ones is griefs in the way Right. And there's nothing we can do to rush through that, to push Mm -hmm. through it. You know, grief never goes away. It'd be great if it did. (laughs) It might shift and change over time. Right. But it truly never goes away. And that's one of the, the hardest parts when wanting to connect with our past loved ones. When we're in the throes of our grief is the higher our vibration is, the closer we are a match to their energy on the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we're really sad and depressed and, you know, in a harder grieving place, it is much harder to connect with them. It's not impossible. Right. When I was in my car, you know, wa- not wanting to live anymore, my, I could feel my dad at times. It wasn't as if I could have, you know, a thousand messages and have a whole conversation because my vibration was not a match for that at the time. But certainly when we're in a you know, more of the throes of our grief, that connection is harder. So what I would say for those listening that if you're in that place right now is be kind and have patience with yourself because this is something that can and will unfold. It might not be in the timeline that you want or expect, but wait until you have those moments where it gets a little bit easier to feel uplifted. When I talk about sort of being in a higher vibration, how do we tell what that is? It's our emotional state. Right. So if we feel happier, if we feel more joyful, grateful, in a more uplifted state, then we're in a higher vibration. We're at the frequency that they are at. 
Exactly. We might not ever be a perfect match for the vibration of the spirit world while we're still here in the physical, but we can get closer to it. And that makes the connection so much easier. And so, for example, when my dad had first passed and my my sister gave birth to his first grandchild, there were moments there when we were all together as a family where it was easier to be in a higher vibration. There was Mm -hmm. something to be grateful for. There was something to be excited for, right? In a group setting. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. right? It was a little bit easier to not have the grief be so heavy 100% of the time there. And it was almost as if we could all feel dad's energy a little bit more easily in those times, right? So, you know, even grief, even though grief never goes away, I think it's important to notice when you have those moments where it's a little bit easier to be happier. It's a little bit easier to feel more uplifted. And when it feels right to you in those moments, use those moments to communicate with the other side. Use those moments to ask them for a sign right? Use those moments to just start talking to them to open up that connection more. And again, you know, it might not be instant, you know, the the grief can really cloud so much of life, but it's when our vibration is a little bit higher that it gets a lot easier. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I do, that's a perfect pivot (laughs) to my next question, which is, so let's talk about your book and you know, the lessons you've learned from your dad and what are some additional things that people could be doing? Like you, you just mentioned one, which is don't push it, right? So kind of honor, respect. I'm just going to paraphrase here where you are, are in that stage of grief and know that it will come and all of that. But what are some other ways that people, whether they've just recently lost someone or it's been a while and they want to start to kind of connect and move into that, what are some things that you would recommend? Yeah. So in my book, with each chapter, there's an exercise that's sort of step-by-step opening up this communication process. And one of the first ones is to just communicate a sign to your past loved ones. So pick something that comes to mind. It might be something that relates with them. You know, a butterfly had zero connection (laughs) with my dad. But once, you know, I got that sign, I was like, well, that's my sign. Dad, keep showing me them. And everywhere I would go, these butterflies would show up. And I want to stop for a moment because there were times where it was everywhere I would go. And there were times when it wouldn't happen, right? And that's the biggest thing that I I, I want to stress when we're communicating a particular sign to spirits, you know, saying, hey, I want you to show your presence. Give me this sign to let me know that you're around, right? We don't want to let when a day goes by that we hold, we don't see that sign, We don't want to let that ruin our day and not think that they're not around, right? Because they are, we might not just have been in the place to see it. It also makes it so much more magical when it does, because you could, like you were saying before, you could doubt it. And then when you don't have it, you're like, well, where is it? And so then when it does show up, then you're in gratitude. So that shifts that vibration, that energy, that emotion you were talking about. Absolutely. And I think that's why I always like to say is, you know, if if your sign is a cardinal, That might mean that you're seeing more cardinals fly through your window as you're doing the dishes and looking out, right? It might be actual physical cardinals, but it can show up in a million other ways too that you might not expect. So you might log on social media and the first post that comes up 
is somebody's picture of a cardinal. You might be in line at the grocery store and somebody has a cardinal tattoo on their t-shirt, right? Or a cardinal tattoo on their arm or a cardinal on their t-shirt right in front. Well, you're picking up cardinal. You're you're saying cardinal because that is a, typically it's a universal sign of people or loved ones who have passed and have come through. And I had no idea that that was one. And there's, you guys, if you've listened for a while, know my grandmother who can be annoying in a lot of ways on the other side will show up as a cardinal. And yes. And so you're probably picking up on my grandmother, which is she's like, use the cardinal as an example. So yes. (laughs) But it's a great example because it can show up in expected places and unexpected places. Right. And I think when you start asking for a sign, set one, you know, communicate it to them, whether you speak to them out loud or just using thought in your head, your past loved ones hear you let them know a sign, and then be open to when and how it'll show up. Don't be hard on yourself if you don't see it every single day, you know, 20 times a day, but be open that they're going to send it to you when you need it and when you're in a place to receive it. And I think that idea of having gratitude for it, right? Even if you doubt that it's a sign, even if you think it might be coincidence, say thank you anyway. Because the more we extend this vibration of gratitude, the higher our vibration gets around the spirit communication, and the more you're going to start recognizing those signs. And like you said, so many times spirit will give us the most beautiful, miraculous, crazy signs, and we don't even recognize them, right? So I always say, if only 1% of you thinks it's a sign and 99% of you (laughs) doubts it, say thank you anyway, because it's going to help you get more. And it's going to help you trust them in the long run too. Yeah. I used to laugh. So when I would see something and then I wasn't sure, like early on in my stage, right, of or stages of trying to figure it out, I would laugh and be like, well, thank you for allowing myself to doubt it. And that laughter and that gratitude kind of pivots and shifts your vibration and frequency to the point where then they're like, okay. And also I keep hearing the word permission. The gratitude is permission. And I just got huge chills as I said that is it's not just the, I'm thankful for this. This is giving universe and spirit permission to continue to interact with you. Yes. It's saying, I see that I'm trying to recognize it. And I'm grateful for you extending this trust in me to help me build my trust. Absolutely. Okay. So love that recognizing um, and or being open to receiving signs and symbols in a different way that, like you said, it may be literal or that it may be through something else like a, a tattoo or um, a picture, or I've seen stickers, bumper stickers, you know, things like that. Uh, and then being in gratitude and recognizing in the, in that moment of gratitude, what are some other things? Yeah. I think what a lot of people are looking for is, you know, I might see signs, but I want to have that shift where it's, I'm not just seeing signs in my physical environment. I feel like I'm actually connecting with my past loved one. Right. Right. And it is certainly a shift, right? As I sort of talked about, you know, I saw the butterfly for my dad and I would start feeling him and it took a while until I was sort of getting all of my intuitive senses opened up. And one of the most important pieces to help support you in this shift is to practice quieting your mind more often, right? We all have these intuitive senses within us. Most of us have blocked them off in one way or another throughout life. And as we want to start opening them up, if our mind is constantly busy, we just don't open them up, right? 
And meditation is a fantastic tool to quiet your mind. But when I talk about it, I don't want you to think that it has to be silent, still meditation. That absolutely works. If you can get in a meditative state like that for five, 10 minutes a day, beautiful. But for a lot of people, it might be a walking meditation. It might be when they're walking through the forest, you know, maybe with their dog, that that's when their mind's the clearest. Do that every day, right? And make it a point to let your mind clear. And when my, when thoughts come up, they will expect them. Don't be hard on yourself when they do, but notice that these thoughts are coming back and let them move through and go back to that clear state of mind as often as you need to practice that, right? And I find that's one of the most important tools to us beginning to feel the presence of messages through our intuitive senses is sort of quieting that mind, quieting almost our physical experience. So the more subtle messages from the non-physical have an opportunity to come through. Because I will say, if you're ready for this shift, if you are ready to not just see signs from your past loved ones, but feel their presence more, see them more, hear them more, know them more, all of that. You need to practice quieting your mind. You need to practice getting out of the physical experience so that the non-physical experience that is incredibly subtle, that is easy to miss, that is easy to overthink, that is easy to, to not recognize, we need to have that quieter mind so we can begin recognizing those more subtle signs. Yes, absolutely. And also when you were talking, it was more of a visual message and that's when your mind is quiet, like you were saying, you know, is it a thought that pops in? Is it a feeling? Is it an emotion? It, right? What does that look like? Because when you're asking and you're connected to universe or spirit and you get that message back or that communication back, that answer, it could come in a million different ways. So when you were talking about signs, signs tend to be physical vision, <laughs> that we think of or redefine it as a sign and a message, but there's so much more. And the bigger one that I've been getting lately for a lot of people is that emotion. So you even said like you felt your dad energetically and you kind of sensed him around because it just felt like he was present. But then there's also the emotion that comes into it that they communicate with us as well, right? Absolutely. And and that's all connected to clear sentience, that intuitive sense of feeling and I almost like to break it down as we can sense things outside of our physical body with that, almost as if there's an energy near you, that the air pressure is changing, you know, there's a density or a lightness around you, that sort of stuff. We can sense things on our skin. You know, as I began opening up, I realized all those times when I spent so much time in the hospital as a teenager and I would be itchy all over, that was spirit bringing my attention to them. Mm -hmm. Didn't understand it at the time, but there's often a, a sensory on our skin in one way or another, but also within us. And it may feel more physical, it may feel more emotional, but the clairsentience, that intuitive sense of feeling can encompass so, so much. And it's not until we sort of quiet the mind that we can actually pay attention to that. Right. When I was in that yoga class, if I wasn't in a slight, at least a meditative state before, you know, that spirit came in, I wouldn't even recognized it. It was such a subtle touch with a knowing and a sensing of the same sort of fatherly energy. It was so subtle that if I was not in that state, I would have never received that message. Right. Mm -hmm. 
If someone's in a place where they're like, wow, you had your dad come through very strongly and was giving you like these messages and signs and I haven't had any of that. And (laughs) what we're talking about, where would they start? And you mentioned meditation and quieting the mind, but are there other things that people could be doing to kind of, I'm thinking more of like a practice or routine, I guess is where I'm going with this. Like just to start to prepare them going back to the race analogy and the running analogy is that there are certain things that you can kind of start to do to prepare yourself. What would you recommend? Absolutely. And I'll I'll start first by saying that if somebody has passed and you didn't feel their presence right away, if you didn't see them, that is not because you are not capable and it is not because they're not coming through. Mm -hmm. Right. It is more often than not because it is just not the right time for you to unfold it yet. And I know for me why my dad started showing up pretty much immediately. I used to joke that I that someone needed to keep telling my mom how much he loved her. Mm-hmm. But I, I truly think, you know, it was him going on to the other side and seeing what my soul came into this life to do and getting on it right away, right? We all have a different path. And just because it's not immediately coming through for you does not mean it can't and does not mean it won't. And I think that idea of we're looking at, you know, running a marathon, just look at how you can put your running shoes on today, right? Just look at ways that you can start connecting with spirit in one way or another. So talk to them, you know, try find ways to quiet your mind. The, The biggest piece I would say is when it comes to starting to meditate is don't think you need to do 30 or 60 minutes a day. Start with five minutes a day right? And don't expect that you need to get anything from it right away. Just practicing that quieting of the mind. To me, that would be that would be putting on the running shoes, right? Of just start talking to your past loved ones. Don't be, don't be stuck on that you need to hear them or feel them back right away. Just talk to them anyway and practice that quieting of your mind bit by bit. Now, of course, in my book, I've got sort of a step-by-step process mm-hmm. After you start talking to them, after you start quieting your mind, you might want to look at, um, I'll talk about two different exercises that can be really, really helpful here. One of them I actually don't have in my book, but had been incredibly helpful for me is connecting to my dad's spirit through a pendulum. And so when he passed, I just, you know, there wasn't any object I needed, but I think before the funeral happened, I texted my mom and I said, I just need his medic alert necklace. You know, he didn't wear much jewelry, but my dad had a deadly allergy. So he always wore this medic alert necklace, Um, didn't want a bracelet or anything else that people would see, right? I just felt like I needed this necklace. And as soon as I got it, I could feel my dad around, you know, it was more subtle at first than it Mm -hmm. got later, but I could feel his energy attached to it. And so, you know, I would hold it up as a pendulum. And I would ask, show me a yes, show me a no, right? I'd make sure, I don't know if I did it right away, but the more I did it, I make sure I was in a high vibration before doing it. But then I would just sit there and feel if I had my dad's energy around. And I'd ask, show me, you know, show me your yes, show me your no. And then I'd ask yes or no questions. And it isn't something that, you know, I would suggest doing this for for 50 or 100 questions. But, you know, even if you just want to start of, you know, are you here with me? right? Make sure you're in a higher vibrating state than day-to-day life. Use some jewelry, some object connected to them. If it's not a necklace, put it on a string, right? If it's a guitar pick, 
you know, use some sticky tack, put it on a string, whatever you need to do. Hold that top of the string, put your hand under the other object and just let it come to stillness and ask spirit to start moving it for you. And that was a, then a, one of the exercises that really helped me feel my dad's guidance right away without having to be in that fully meditative mm-hmm. state to receive it right away. The other thing that was really helpful for me is what you might look at as more sort of channeled writing. So again, I might do a little bit of meditation and, you know, I don't have to be in such a high vibration that I'm not thinking at all, but at least in a little bit of a more uplifted state than where I started. And then we take a piece of paper and write down a question I had for my dad. So it might be, you know, dad, how do I, how do I connect to you more? Right. What I would do is just sort of take a moment before I'd start writing and almost call him in. And, you know, the more you practice calling in a past loved one, the more you're going to actually understand what that feels Mm -hmm. like, because I certainly didn't at first, right? It was sort of like, dad, come on in. I trust and hope that you're here, but I don't really, you know, I might feel you, but I'm not positive. Whether you feel their presence or sense it in any way, when you call them in, call them in anyway, right? The more you do this, the more you're going to sense what that is like for you because it's different for everyone. It's that feeling first and foremost for me. It might be sight. It might be, you know, scent. It might be a taste. It might be something different for everyone, but call them in either way. And then just let yourself start writing. And with this process, I often find our own thoughts will come out first. That's okay. The more we do it, the more we're going to have our own thoughts and messages from spirit come through. And I think that process of just being open to receiving is so important because the, it opens us up to receive more from spirit, but it also opens us up to be able to recognize this is my thought and this isn't my thought, right? And we can practice that in meditation, certainly, but this idea of more channeled writing of just opening up letting that pen on the paper write. Don't do it on a computer. Don't backspace yourself. You'll never be in the place to to continue going if you're editing in that process. So pen on paper, just let yourself write. And it, it certainly is an exercise that I've seen with myself, but a lot of my students as well, that just helps them sort of quiet their mind as they keep going and makes room for spirit messages to come through. And it can be a really, really beautiful exercise once you've got those those running shoes on. Right. Yeah, no. And that's it's amazing that you mentioned the writing with the pen because I was getting the message to say, and I don't even do this, but like, don't use a computer. So you said that, check. And then the other was the calling in. To me, it's the intention. So whomever you're trying or whatever you're trying to connect with, whether it's your angels or your guides or loved ones from the other side, being specific in what that intention is on and clear about who and what you're trying to pull in. Um, and like you said, it's different for every single person and how that energy shows up. But it's amazing when you start to get the information flowing in. And what I love what you shared too, is that you don't have to question it. I think when we are not sure about which one of our senses is pulling in the information or receiving the information, whether it's the feeling and the emotion, whether we're seeing something in our mind's eye, whether it's a thought in our head, whatever that is, you don't have to question it because you're writing it down. (laughs) You're like, okay. And like you said, maybe part of that is just getting our own thoughts out of the way so that then spirit can kind of channel through us. But yeah. 
Absolutely. And I, I really like how you mentioned intention there. It is so, so important. And whenever I teach any kind of mediumship to my students, those are the two things that I say we always want to do before any and all intuitive work. We want to raise up our vibration. We want to get to that more uplifted state, but we want to set our intentions for the kind of messages we want, right? And oftentimes when I'm doing a reading for somebody else, one of the intentions is I intend to connect with spirits of the highest and best only, right? When I want to connect with my dad, it might be I intend to connect with my dad with clarity and ease, right? Whatever you want use that intention, put it out there, whether it's just calling them in in your mind, whether it's writing out that intention on the top of the piece of paper with your question. I think those two tools make connecting to the other side so much more easier when we raise our vibration and set our intentions. Yes, yes. Well, is there anything that we weren't able to get to that you wanted to cover? I think what spirit just wants me to remind everyone that even if you haven't had an experience with spirit before that does not dictate the future and it does not dictate your ability that you cannot in the future, right? And I think one of the most important parts is to opening up to the presence of your past loved ones. It's not the proof because we might not believe the proof when we see it, <laughs> right? It's the ability to be open and hopeful to it, right? You might not believe it yet, but if you're open to the idea that this ability is innately within you, right? It might've been blocked and untapped, but you're, you know, you're more and more ready to open it up, right? If you're open to that idea that it's within you and you're open to the idea that even though you don't have proof yet, or, you know, you, you don't know for sure that your past loved ones live on and are around you, be open to the idea because just that act of openness, it opens up your energy and it makes you much more likely to receive it. Yeah, you're receptive. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if you've heard other mediums say, you know, how hard it is to read a skeptic. I always say we can read anyone, but the more open our energy is to this world, the more we receive. And that's for ourselves. That's for our clients as well. Absolutely. Well, how can people get a hold of you, reach you and also your book? Yeah. So I, um, I'm the owner of the medium school. So you can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at the medium school, all one word. My website is themediumschool.com. And there I have a free training called inner intuition to help you start opening up to your intuition. So definitely want to check out. And I'm really proud. You know, I, I, I can say my name's on the book, but really my dad wrote this book. Let's be <laughs> honest. It's called 11 lessons from my dead dad, how I learned to communicate with my past loved ones and how you can too. And it's available worldwide on Amazon. Well, thank you, Rory. I do have to say before we break that your dad's energy has been showing up this whole time. <laughs> Similar to last time, just side note, we had actually recorded and the audio just wasn't the best. So we had to redo this again. And our conversation is somewhat different than the first. That's why I love like redoing this too. But your dad has definitely been around. So, and I see him just like as this big energy around you. I know you know that, but I just wanted to feel like I didn't want to say that off air. <laughs> I wanted to mention it to you because whatever you're going through today, he's like, I'm here. So always there, just like all of our past <laughs> loved ones, right? I love it. Right. So beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you again for being on. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. 
Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.